Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. It's Friday. And that means it's Godzilla. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. I write for The Rap and Slash Film, and everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I uh, contribute to Slash Film. I'm a critic, uh, and I like Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla's fun, isn't he? Screonk. We should do a podcast about Godzilla. Uh, in fact, that's what we're doing right now. Oh, snap. Uh, yeah, this is our podcast dedicated to every single film in the Godzilla series. Uh, there are more than you might realize, and in fact, there might even be more than we realize, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, we are doing every single Godzilla movie every single week on Friday, hence the title. Uh, and uh, we, we've hit a pretty big milestone, actually, because in this particular film uh this particular week we are going to be introduced to one of godzilla's greatest nemeses arguably godzilla's greatest nemesis the, the arch enemy of the godzilla series if you yeah, will it, it's this because is... it, it was supposed to be godzilla yeah but then like <laughs> we had to introduce someone worse than godzilla for godzilla to fight yeah uh and so uh yeah so after quite a few films in which godzilla was the bad guy or one of the bad guys this is the film this is the major turning point that sees godzilla go from the enemy of mankind to an at first begrudging protector of mankind mm. and then eventually he'll kind of really fall into that yeah yeah really just dive into his uh, work this is also the first film and one of the only films where we will hear dialogue from godzilla and God, uh, Godzilla and Rodan, and Rodan and Mothra. We won't actually hear them say it out loud, but we will have their dialogue mm. translated for and, us. Uh, That's uh, weird. <laughs> That's a and weird the, thing, and I, I love, love it to pieces. I love that they're like petty, impetuous brats. Yeah, like they're kind of like little kids, and and I appreciate that about Godzilla yeah, and Rodan. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do. Obviously, we'll do the whole film. We'll talk about it in detail, but. Yeah, buckle up, because Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, is a wild ride. <laughs> I love this movie. I had so much fun. I feel like the pieces are not only coming together, but they're really fitting, like, appropriately. Like, we've got all of the ridiculous, like, human subplots that, like, don't even go anywhere, but they move so quickly, it... it Keeps the movie it feels like forward. something complex is happening when really, like, it's, the it's plot really doesn't make a lot of sense. Very superficial and strange. We've got a lot of monster fighting action. We've got a lot of monsters. The actual mm. fights themselves have a lot of fun choreography to them. Uh, everything about this movie is really fun. <laughs> I had such a good time. Welcome aboard, William. Yeah, this is... To, I, to the glories of the Showa era. Yeah, because we, a lot of the movies we've been dealing with before, especially Gojira, but Rodan and Mothra, there's elements that, like... They're, they're fundamentally ridiculous on some level, but they do want you to take them kind of seriously. You know, mm. we're, we're, here to, we're here to tell a sort of a, a parable, if you will. We yeah, have a point. Well, the, the early ones, and we, we've talked about this, uh, the early mm. Godzilla movies and the other mon ancillary monsters tended to uh, toward disaster films. Yeah. Uh, these are monsters that just sort of emerge from the earth or mm. come out of the ocean and... And these forces of nature that can't mm. be stopped. They lay yeah. waste to cities, and it's up to human forces yeah. to stop them, to kill these monsters. It's basically, uh, we're going to do a movie about an earthquake or a hurricane or a nuclear weapon, except the destructive force is a creature that can be defeated. Mm. Fun idea, but how many times can you do that? And then now that we're seeing the characters, and we've seen it before, mm. but now that we're seeing these monsters share the screen together, they've finally realized... No, it's a fight series. They, they, this they is, have, the, this well, is Rocky, but with monsters. When when we had um, Mothra versus Godzilla, yeah, it, it, that was I think the first time we had two different m monsters that had 
very distinctly opposed personalities. Yeah, King there, Kong. Not, not a lot. To, King, King Kong had a was a weird entity. Like it was King Kong. Mm. It also wasn't King Kong. wasn't the one that we knew. Yeah. And this version of King Kong from well, uh, got, from from Japan just wasn't. What was very interesting, King Kong? It was a monster, King, yeah, but with, it, it uh, had the personality. With King Kong versus Godzilla, they do both have sort of their personalities, mm. but you get the sense that they're both like surly drunks at a bar, yeah. like and actually, you know, King Kong is actually drunk in that movie, <laughs> but. Uh, but like, it's basically like, like how, do we, guys, how do we like, get this one surly drunk out of the bar? Like, I don't know. Shove the other surly drunk into him, and mm-hmm. then shove him out the door and let him fight in the alley. Yeah, it's like yeah. no, it was it was, was Aquitaine, you know, whatever <laughs> trivia thing they're they're arg- <laughs> arguing over, and so yeah, they go out into the parking lot and they kind of like really sloppily try to fight each other and they yeah. miss a lot, but they're still get, both really get hurt. Yeah, and then they just throw up and walk away. Like the, it's. Kind of anticlimactic. Not mm-hmm. that the movie was anticlimactic, but that that was yeah. the vibe I got from those two monsters. Yeah, it was, it was basically the Quiet Man, but with a, less of a romantic subplot at the beginning. There you it go. is a giant knockdown fight at the end. Uh, Godzilla moves back to his town in Ireland. I love it. <laughs> Godzilla meets Gorgo. They fall in love. <laughs> Patty O Godzilla. Um, they uh, with Mothra, however, Mothra was clearly uh, and was said repeatedly to be a force for good. Uh, yeah. Mothra is. Uh, Sort of a benevolent deity, whereas uh, Godzilla is sort of this wrathful force of nature. Even in Mothra's own movie, you know, Mothra, you know, wreaked some havoc, but Mothra was the aggrieved party. Yes. Undeniably, the movie doesn't argue it at all. Mothra was only wreaking havoc to make things right. They've set up Mothra, and especially in Mothra vs. Godzilla, uh, Mothra's sort of this martyr figure where yeah. Mothra gave of herself and yeah. gave of herself just to protect humanity. And, and, and um, not just humanity, but specifically the portion of humanity that was causing mm. harm to Mothra's home island yeah. and Mothra's own people. And, but and, because it was the right thing to do, mm. Mothra not only fought Godzilla, Mothra died. Mothra sacrificed herself to save a humanity that was hurting her. And was and quickly yeah. reborn. And much like mm. a, a lot of like sort of religious allegories, Mothra was quickly reborn into two giant moth larvae. Uh, <laughs> proceeded that, to squirt that, goo all over a T-Rex. There, there's there's not a lot of passages in the Bible about when uh, Christ was crucified, how his, his carapace cracked open. Jesus, <laughs> and, and And worm Christ came I, out. I wasn't going to create the image. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my God. Let me be mildly blasphemous this evening. Um, so, yeah, but that put in the in the public's head this idea yeah. that oh these monsters actually have very different personalities mm-hmm. and we're going to get them together they're, and see what happens they're and characters and the, not yeah, forces exactly yeah. the more and uh, that was also a scene in Mothra versus Godzilla with the Godzilla suit yeah uh, the actor Started to played, get more yeah, human like the actor yeah. played Godzilla got like a much trimmer suit and mm-hmm. it was a lot lighter uh, he could move around a lot better and with those changes mm-hmm. came a lot more humanity it looked more like a person and less like this just big lumbering stomp monster yeah um, have you seen the design of the brand new Godzilla yeah it looks cool. Godzilla minus one yeah, it's got it's got the squat legs I was talking about last week that I think yeah, make it they, look they, more Godzilla to me, but yeah. Yeah, he's got like these gigantic monster feet, but they gave him like shoulders and arms that are like really almost disturbingly human. Like he's about to flex for you. <laughs> well again, you you always have that image of Godzilla in like a, a white tank top. Like yeah. kind of stained and like, you know, mm. in front of a bar keeping people out. That's that Godzilla. Yeah. Definitely yeah, like, to a T. Hmm. Yeah. I'm here to get some Jaeger bombs. We don't serve Jaeger bombs here, you fuck. You know, that's that's Godzilla. I love that, like, every time there's a new Godzilla movie, there's a new Godzilla design lately. Um, like, they, they, mm. they, they, the design just keeps getting updated, you know, uh, overall. You know, it, some, sometimes it's in the same extreme. series, it's, like, a little bit. Like, we're, yeah. we're, this is the, the same Godzilla since Godzilla Raids again, but it looks a little different each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, like, I, they're, it, they're not so dramatic that you think it's a different monster. Exactly. It's like, um, you know, different Batman outfits. You know, this mm. time he's blue, but he's still Batman. Still Batman. You know, the Batman yeah. on his the chest, the bat on his chest is a little different, but it's still the same basic vibe. Godzilla is actually pretty malleable. Mm. I think as long as... I think Godzilla needs the spikes on his back. Yeah, those big yeah. fan-like ridges. Gotta yeah. have a big tail, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think that's basically... I think that's Godzilla, basically. A T-Rex mm-hmm. with spikes on his back. And, like, a l- little, uh, well, less, little less top-heavy. St- you know, the head is smaller. Yeah, stands you know? upright, kind of pyramid shape. Yeah. Uh, people compare him to a T-Rex, but, you know... 
Tyrannosaurus's like their tails were up off the ground. They kind of leaned forward. They, they looked yeah. more like the iguana monster from Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah, I that's, that's more true. like reptilian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was, I was doing it sort of a general yeah, way, but I've, yeah, fair. I've never seen Godzilla as a reptile. I, I was felt what do you think like he was? well, like have you ever touched a shark? Like felt a shark's skin? Like it's really no. I've never bothered a shark. Some people have touched sharks or dissected yeah. them in like a biology class well, or something. Okay, well, it's, sure, sure. There are really, you can pet really sharks at like uh, at um, like aquarium petting zoos. If you want to bother Pe- a shark, yeah. people have touched. Okay, you're, you're you have a bias because of Jaws. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually pro shark. That's okay. my point. It's like I don't want to bother a oh, shark. Okay. It's not for my edification. It's for the shark's of edification. Shark. I, the shark is just fucking. I have touched sharks before, and they have kind of a okay. rough skin, and that's what I feel. Okay. If you were to touch Godzilla, you'd have like kind of like shark-like rough skin. Okay. He wouldn't be smooth like like a lizard. Oh, I definitely don't think he would be smooth. Mm. He, you can see in the films; he's very craggy. Yeah. yeah. You know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I actually. I mean, I, I assume he was a lizard, because, a, a reptile, a lot. But mm-hmm. I don't think Godzilla is a reptile. No, because he can't be a reptile because he can't be like that cold blooded. Mm. Because he's so gigantic, where would his heat source come from? So he can't. Well, he's be... nuclear. He has nuclear heat. Well, that's true, actually. So I guess it doesn't fucking matter what he is. No. He's a magic creature. He's, magic, he, he's a magic creature. Yeah, and, essentially. Um, uh, and, and now we know he has like human-like intelligence because he can mm. speak and communicate. Uh, yeah. So the plot of this movie is Abba no. Um, <laughs> there's more reporters. Uh, and, they're, they're reporters. and it starts with reporters, uh, yeah. which was the same with um, Mothra v. Godzilla. And, yeah. The, the court uh, case of Mothra v. Godzilla, <laughs> which established a precedent that allowed yeah. us to be here. Um, uh, the, the Supreme Court just overturned Mothra v. Godzilla. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, before we get to the, to the plot, I will say this. The, this is like a lot of these movies. There's a lot of monster fighting in this movie, and I appreciate that. But it doesn't, the monsters really don't kick in for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like forty minutes a movie, and it it chugs along. Like it's fun to watch, even in those even before the monsters show up. That's one of the things that makes this movie so great. But it is like forty minutes until Godzilla shows up. They know why we're here, so the opening credits features footage from the fight at the end of the movie. Yes. So I wanted to be said they know why we're here. They understand. They need to tease this. We promise we're going to get to it. Don't worry. It'll be it'll kick ass. Um. It opens with uh, a bunch of scientists at like a UFO society, yeah, and they're like studying UFO stuff, and they're like, "Yes, every uh, every night at like two a.m. we get UFO signals, but they're not here tonight. It's because we have a non-believer in the room, and there's a there's a reporter there, and she's like, "What? I'm a reporter. I I, I don't believe anything I haven't seen yet." Mm. And they're just like, "You make me sick." <laughs> they they can tell they can read your mind and they oh you monster they can sense your mistrust and uh, there's no alien signal by the way no ever actual explanation for that alien signal because the only aliens we we meet actually turns out they were on Earth the whole time so I don't mm. understand the whole alien signal at two a.m. thing that just kind of gets dropped uh, it's it I, I thought it was uh, the comet orbiting Earth. It, it showed up. There's a comet that's yeah. going to land on Earth. Well, it's actually a bunch of meteors, actually. Yeah. It's like a meteor shower. We see a whole oh, bunch right. of them. But one of them lands. Mm. And it lands on a mountain. And it's a big, giant... It looks like a big, so, giant egg. It's a big, pulsating red thing. Yeah. And it gets bigger. Uh, that's not good. Um, there's also a big undercurring... Uh, uh, it's not a subplot, but it's like sort of a backdrop. We've mentioned in these movies before how I think it was... I can't remember if it was Godzilla Raids Again or Rodan, but they talked about global warming, climate change, mm. uh, before it became the hot-button issue that a lot of that, movies would use constantly mm. as, a, as a plot point, let alone an existential threat to our very existence. Um, but in the 1950s, early 60s, not a common plot point in movies. Here we have more talk about how it is unseasonably warm. Mm. There is a mass outbreak of encephalitis... Which is brain fever, <laughs> which, by the way, not a plot point. <laughs> that's totally background. That never comes up. <laughs> it's just like someone says something that's a little unbelievable. Someone says, oh, you must be one of those people with encephalitis. And I'm like, well, take them to a hospital if you're worried about that. My God, they could die. <laughs> like, it's just a weird thing to throw in as a giant backdrop. And they're talking about how something is wrong. Something is wrong on Earth. 
And there must be an explanation for it. And they even talk about how it's not just Earth. Like, climate change is affecting the whole fucking galaxy, man. And at that point, I'm like, how do I, don't you know? Know about, I don't know about this UFO society. <laughs> I think this UFO society might not be the most reliable narrators, and maybe we should move on. And indeed, uh, the most of the movie focuses on uh, the reporter and uh, her various adventures, and her brother, who is a cop. And his story kicks off uh, when his boss tells him, hey... You've got yeah, a new um, assignment. Yeah, the uh, the reporter character, Naoko, mm-hmm. is played by Yuriko Hoshi, mm-hmm. uh, and her brother, the cop, is played by Yosuke Natsuki. And uh, the cop is uh, told that his new assignment is to protect a visiting princess from the fictional mm-hmm. country of... I, I, I'm trying to make sure I'm pronouncing it right, but it's fictional. Uh, Selgina. Um, Selgina is... You might remember that in uh, Mothra, they invented a fictional country that was a mashup of America, Mm. United States of America, and the Soviet Union. And I think that is one of the most interesting things in any of these movies is to get, because we're so focused on our own, you know, culture. That's here in the United States. Here in the United States. Yeah. We, we see things through a United States lens. And that's a we're, we're, that's a pretty varied lens, but still, we look at it from here in the United States. We're, we're brazenly ignorant of the rest of the world. Right. Like, like by design. Yeah, we center ourselves it's, in the conversation. Uh, I remember traveling through Europe as a teenager and being shocked at how many languages most people spoke. Like yeah. Most people were multilingual. Most people speak two uh, or three languages, yeah. Uh, and... We learned that most people are required to like learn to be fluent in multiple languages in mm-hmm. school. Yeah, we don't do that in the United States. We, no, we, we have like we, language classes, but we're not encouraged to be you, uh, multilingual. You, you can graduate if if you're if you're not from mm. America. Um, you can graduate high school and college. You have to take some of another. You have to take another language at some point. Mm. You do not have to be fluent. You can just no. kind of get a few just a little bit of the vocab and you can just skim right by. Mm. And that's not great actually. No. I, <laughs> the, the, the only other country that didn't require languages uh when I was there anyway, this was back in the 90s was uh. Germany. Oh, okay. I don't know if things have changed then. And the the way I could tell was first of all some English speaking Germans did tell me this, but uh their TV was dubbed rather than subtitled. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Watch uh, in, yeah. International programming, but it was all dubbed into German. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in any case, what I love about Solgina is we don't learn anything about this country other than... Other than they have a beautiful princess. They have a, they have a beautiful princess and... It's and... Mm-hmm. Everyone in the country wears large neck ruffles. <laughs> like you'll see in like an old Rembrandt painting, and yeah, people just have this like you look they, like they the Dilophosaurus ro- royal, in Jurassic Park, the royal garb. Yeah. yeah, but like literally everyone wears them. That's it. That's mm. all we know about that country. It's hilarious, and it turns out that this princess who's visiting Japan has a hit on her, like Padme Amidala, like someone's out to get her, and mm. so this guy is going to have to protect her. And it turns, and I was watching this, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like Roman Holiday. Oh golly! No. And it turns if, out if Roman Holiday involved the the princess falling off of a, a little Vespa in, into a dimensional aperture, yeah, and then getting possessed by a Venusian alien, but it turns out I was right, and that was the inspiration for that subplot. Oh, that's funny. they wanted it to be this kind like kind of like a little Roman Holiday-ish. Um, so he's gonna have to protect her, but before he can even meet her, we cut to the princess in her airplane. And it's just like, okay, princess, we're approaching Japan. Everything's cool. You're cool. Everyone's great. Hope you don't, don't get assassinated. And then the assassins are just like, we'll put a bomb on that plane. Mm-hmm. And then the princess hears a weird message in her mind saying, you have to get out. You have and to get out now. Jump off the plane. She opens the door and it, it's you know like a 1960s movie. They weren't terribly concerned about decompression yeah. Like and how like that would like send like air was, flying through the jet or anything like that. It was that. flying really low at about forty miles per hour. It's going real slow. <laughs> yeah. So she just opens the door, jumps out of the plane. It's fully in the air, and then the plane explodes, and everyone assumes the princess is dead. And the cops like, well, that was a short subplot. But then we cut to the reporter, and she is prepping for I guess I guess a TV series that they're putting on. That's the mysteries of the 20th century. And they're just studying strange phenomena. Hence why she was like at the UFO society. And her boss comes in. 
and he says, breaking news, there's a new prophet in Japan. I want you to go down there. Here's some audio equipment. I want you to go down to a park in the middle of the fucking city and hear news from this it's, prophet. It's doomsayer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, so someone's yelling in the park and you're calling it breaking news. And sure enough, someone's yelling in the park and okay. hundreds of people. Mm. Not, not just like a few, hundreds of people. And this person is saying something that like, if this happened on the street in LA, people would be like, I'm just gonna keep walking just to my to, throw, to get throw, my get my Starbucks. Change at his feet. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 it doesn't sound like someone who's well. Mm. If they're talking about how the end is coming, uh, we the people of Venus were the first to go, like all kinds mm. of weird shit, and everyone's just like ooh. And then there's and then there's like a couple of hecklers. Mm. I appreciated the guy who asked for the person's pronouns. They they say like are you are you a man or a woman and it's just like I don't know or non-binary or non-binary uh, and then someone who doesn't care about the answer to that says yeah do a strip tease and I'm like dude time and a place but well, whatever you got show it but it turns out <laughs> we, we get it, we pick up on this before any of the characters do we see the this so-called prophet it's the princess mm. oh shit and yeah now she is now possessed by a, a venusian entity of some kind yes personality is now completely changed she's much more uh regal and stern Austere, and serious yeah and, and uh has been saying uh, prophecies about a local crater yeah where something crashed a long time ago mm -hmm. uh because rodan mm -hmm. is under the ground in there and, we're, and, and that's Rodan, how Rodan is, a, is yeah. about to emerge, and you have to be careful because Rodan's coming. Rodan, if you'll recall, at the end of the movie, Rodan, good movie, uh, ended with two Rodans uh, being melted by a, a, a volcano. volcano. Yeah, um, seemed pretty definitely dead, but whatever. They're giant monsters. They they, they can survive it anything. They yeah. they survived anything. They'll seal them Although, in stone. Well, they'll get out. One of them can survive anything. Mm. <laughs> so one Rodan escapes the, and the, starts flying around. The other one was like like it drank a lot and mm -hmm. the other was smoking too much. And yeah, so it it, it, mm. it died. It died yeah. of like other causes. So this uh, this prophet possessing a, the Roman holiday princess. Is now saying, yeah, monsters are coming, and it's the end, the end of the world is nigh. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we do have other monsters to catch up on. The way we catch up with Mothra is fucking weird. In Mothra, mm -hmm. Mothra's own movie, uh, the, the fairies, the little Mothra fairies, were kidnapped and yeah. forced to perform. And because they sing, and because yeah. the Peanuts are singers, there's they have to have some sort of performance element to yeah. these monster movies, which I kind of love. There's this weird sort of throw-everything-in philosophy to that show. It's mm -hmm. a monster film, and they're going to fight. But yeah. let's, let's stop for a pop number as well. But the context and, of the plot was, this is bad. Yeah. They're being forced and, uh, to perform. That's bad. They no, don't want to be on TV. Clearly, they've developed a taste for it, because now they're touring. Yes. Uh, so the, what happens so, is... So the Peanuts are behaving more like... The peanuts, which is really weird. the 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 way this kicks off, though, is our two heroes. We finally like they finally like come home after a long day of work. Mm. We realize that they are connected, that they're brother and sister, mm. and they live and together with their mom. And he's mean to her. Yeah, because like, they're brother and sister. They're brother and siblings. Sister. Siblings are mean to each other in movies. They're never nice. Uh, oh, I mean, the, but they're not just like poking fun. Like the, she says something like kind of mocking to him, and he like grabs her by her like the scruff of her clothes and like mm -hmm. yanks her down like in a really rough, like disturbingly abusive fashion. Yeah, I thought, very, but very you strange. know, it's it's only a brief moment. But yeah, it seems seemed a little aggressive. Yeah. Well, in any case, what they do this this scene, other than establishing their connection to each other, uh, is them sitting down for dinner and then watching TV. Now, he wants to watch the news, but their mom wants to watch a show, and the show is, uh, where are they now? And the premise mm. is, we'll find people who were in the news, and we'll just see, hey, whatever happened to them? It's not the worst idea for a show, actually. Um, they bring out a couple of kids. Those kids, it turns out, actually do say the darndest things. And there's a little bit of banter with some comedians. Uh, and then the comedians ask them, okay, kids, now, which famous person would you like to catch up on? And the kids say, Mothra! And the comedians <laughs> are like, oh, that's a little tricky. 
Nah, I'm just kidding. We've got the Peanuts right here. Yeah. And the Peanuts show up, and they're totally happy to be there yeah. and be interviewed by small children. And the kids say, hey, whatever happened to, Moth to, to those two Mothras? Because there were two Mothras yeah. that were born at the end of the last movie. And the Peanuts say, well, one of them died, and the other one's <laughs> fine. And it's like, what? And uh, it's it's the exact same puppet as Mothra v. Godzilla. Yeah. Um, because this uh, this film was actually rushed through production. Yeah. Um, this was on Toho's uh, slate after uh, Kurosawa's film Redbeard. Yeah, that, that was, was supposed be their to be their big, big like, prestige release. Yeah, their big end of the and year the, movie. Yeah, and that and was the, way over. Redbeard, like excellent movie by the way. Yeah. But yeah, this was took the, forever to film. This is the '60s. Uh, Kurosawa was like kind of slowing down. He's going through a lot of existential crises. Redbeard took a while. Yeah, it's also a long movie. It's kind of oblique as well, but I love it. Please see Redbeard. Mm. Uh, Who would Red win in a fight, Redbeard or Godzilla? Uh, probably Godzilla. Red okay. Redbeard's like an elderly doctor. Okay, so but, but you, do you think he put up a fight though? <laughs> probably not. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. <laughs> I kind of thought maybe you'd like. I forgot the name of the banter character. with this, but no, you're just I, kind of shutting it down. I think the other character from Redbeard, like Redbeard's about an old doctor. Like he, it's actually about a young doctor who comes to this like yeah. remote hospital, uh, kind of like Doctor Bashir in Deep Space Nine. Okay, it's like I'm going to come out here and like he's really enthused. I'm going to do frontier medicine. It's going to be really great and fun. Oh wait, this is horrible. I hate it here. And Redbeard, the old doctor, is there. Is like, well, you're a doctor. Help people now. Yeah. And kind of teaches him to like be a little bit more humble and see patients and be like a better doctor. Yeah. It's a 165 minute movie of just like this guy and he falls in love with one of the patients. It's yeah. really, really a good movie. I'm just amused because I was trying to like start a bit with you and instead mm -hmm. of going yes and he just went no. No, because I, I, <laughs> I, like I, I wanted to talk about Red Beard because Red Beard's an excellent movie. <laughs> Um, so Akahige it was, just, it was the last film that uh, Kurosawa and Toshiro Mifune made together oh yeah um, but anyway back to back to Ghidorah uh, so the kids ask well what's going on with, with Mothra and, uh, the, and the peanuts say something kind of magical and they say okay if everyone closes their eyes we can sing a song to Mothra and in your mind's eye you can witness Mothra for yourself. And so we all close our eyes, and then and there's a musical music number. Video, yeah. yeah, and then we see the people on Infant Island worshipping Mothra, and Mothra going, yay, worship me, I'm kind of an egomaniac. And, uh, Excuse Mothra is humble. Mothra is kind. Mothra cannot... Listen, you talk about what a saint Mothra is. Mm. Mothra will not do a goddamn thing unless you sing the Mothra theme song. It's like mm. a Scooby snack, Okay. <laughs> Mothra, I love Mothra. Mothra is a hero. Mm. Mothra does have a bit of an ego. I'm not saying it's not well-deserved. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not well-deserved. I'm just saying Mothra has a pretty high opinion of Mothra. I think it's like Mothra's psychic telephone. You need to know the number, and that's... You yeah, but the sing well. And, yeah, but... And only those, those fairies, only Whitney, the peanuts know how to sing it correctly. Whitney, yeah. is the ringtone on your phone, mm -hmm. like, two extremely popular pop stars singing... Whitney's cool. He's the best guy. I love Whitney. He's so cool. Oh, hang on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. No, I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hang on. I, I got. I gotta hang up. Okay. Bye. Fair enough. All right. So, what were you saying? You said you were gonna say something I... about my ringtone. <laughs> anyway, they sing this hey. song, and the whole See, thing that's is my my bit. You're not going on. With. I, I, I let you have it. All right, thank you. Um, they they sing the song, and we all close our eyes, and we see Mothra in our mind's eye, and then they cut to them watching TV, and you see Mothra on the TV. Mm. So that was all bullshit. That was a pre-planned music video that the Peanuts filmed. Sure, why not? I, they just got a taste. You're right. They got they're, a taste for it. They're, they're savvy. They they know how to do showbiz now. Also, you remember in the first movie, uh, they were carted around in a box, and that was mm. their prison. And now that's just their apartment. Everyone just mm. carries them around constantly, and I guess they like it. Sure, it's, it's bigger now. Well, I hope it's, so. It's a nicer box. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They're, they are only four inches high. I know. It's just funny to me. Um, bada bing, bada boom. Um, I, I loved in, uh, uh, they spoofed uh, Godzilla in an episode of South Park uh, with Mecca Streisand. Oh, yeah, one of the first episodes of South Park. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah she, Barbara Streisand. They, the makers of, of uh, South Park really hate Barbara Streisand, so they uh, they wrote this story about how Barbara Streisand was turning into Mecha Godzilla. She needed mm -hmm. these magical widgets. Uh, but other random celebrities could also turn into monsters. Mm -hmm. So uh, I remember it was Leonard Maltin at the movies. 
And he goes backstage to like the green room and like, back to his uh, makeup room. He's kind of like, yeah, I was a good, uh, good film review show. I'm Leonard Moulton. And you hear a little singing and he has little fairies. He opens, uh, opens uh-huh. up the little box and he's got the little Mothra fairies. That's and it true. turns out Leonard Moulton is Mothra. Leonard Moulton was Mothra. Yeah, he turns into Mothra. I want to see that clip. It sounds awesome. <laughs> you haven't seen that episode? I've never seen that. i got to see that. Um, either he's Mothra or he's Ultraman. He's one of those. Either one. That's amazing. I forgot How which one Leonard Moulton. That? No, Leonard Moulton was Ultraman. I'm sorry. Oh. I think Robert Smith of The Cure was Mothra. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds yeah. right. I forgot. It was Leonard Moulton. I forgot that yeah, that was yeah, Leonard Lin- Moulton. Hmm. Who, wow. But I think he's still... I think he, I think he's... Is still the one with the Mothra twins, though. Maybe honestly, I haven't watched that episode since it came out. I don't no, no, yeah, know. and that was like '97 or something. Pretty vivid at the ago. time, but yeah. Um, I, I could be getting a lot of the detail. I, I do remember that Leonard yeah. Moulton is in it. And he turns into Ultraman. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, one thing I was thinking about uh, is, so this is the big team up. We've had Mothra versus Godzilla, but now we've got Rodan in the mix as well. They're like the original trilogy. That's like Batman, Wonder mm. Woman, and Superman all together. Yeah. Um, Here's the one weird thing they all have in common now. There used to be two of each of them, and now one of them is dead. Interesting, right? Yeah, we had two Rodans, only one was resurrected. We had... Uh, the first two, Godzilla was killed, the first and the second, sec- now, second this one the second killed, Godzilla. Yeah. It's like they're all alone now. There were supposed to be more of them. Mm. Like, did they were supposed to have friends, partners, family, maybe even a mate. Like... Aw, <laughs> it's kind of sad. It's like, ooh, that's like that's like all these superheroes like having dead parents. You know, it's like gives mm-hmm. them something to bond over. Yeah, like and, and Rodan and Godzilla are fighting, and it's like we have to save Mothra. Oh, and oh, and uh, Godzilla shows up. Yeah, uh, just shows up. Uh, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla's just sort of swimming around, and people are out yeah. in a boat, and Godzilla's just out there. Yeah, Godzilla. There, just there's comes no around. reason for Godzilla to have come out. Just, and there was a prophecy about Rodan. Uh-huh. Mothra was called through a TV broadcast. Uh-huh. Godzilla, Godzilla just, just stands up out of the water yeah. and is like, oh, what the fuck? You yeah. know, like, what's going on? And Godzilla and Rodan immediately start fighting each other. Yeah. They, and Rodan is Rodan is a dick because Rodan, uh, he's got the high ground constantly mm. because he's flying. Yeah. So Godzilla's at a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, Rodan uh, picks Godzilla up. <laughs> and flies him around, which has got it like the the lack of dignity. Which the special effect is great because there are yeah. there, there was how uh, 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 Nakajima was still in that suit, mm-hmm. like in the Godzilla suit. Yeah, and uh, he uh, like they actually hoisted him up while he was attached to the Rodan suit, uh-huh. and that was also an actor in a suit. Oh, let me look yeah. at the Rodan actor. Yeah, um, Masanori Shinohara played Rodan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Haru Nakajima played Godzilla in most of these. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know what sort of like weird like uh, uh, cable system. Yeah. They needed to attach to these actors who are in these gigantic heavy suits. Oh, yeah. And lift them both up off the ground while they're both like wiggling around. And Rodan picks Godzilla up, and when he drops Godzilla down, he drops him down on like a radio tower, right know. in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> he which, which, by the, the way, uh, times out to um, uh, the human story because we found the uh, Venusian prophet, and they uh. were going to try to get the human back out of her. Oh yeah, like, they, she's still, like they, her, they her, the her human personality scientist. is still in there. Yeah. The, the, the sort of like the Venusian personality was put on top. It's like, well, yeah. maybe we can sort of electroshock, kill, electroshock uh, the, the Venusian personality yeah. out, like kill the yeah. Venusian. And by the way, the assassins are still out there. They've, yeah. they've not given up on cool this. Cool like, looking guys in shades from a Seijin Suzuki movie. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like, oh, well, we, we thought she was dead, but now she's a Venusian prophet. Well, we better kill her just to be sure. And so when they find out she's going to go through electroshock therapy and the guy's like, okay, just put her in like 
what is it like at 200 whatever it is and mm. it's like that's it any more than that could kill her and then the guy turns the thing and then the assassins go <laughs> and it's like in the princess bride it just shoves the, not to 50 yeah, yeah. shoves it all the way to the end and it's totally gonna kill her and right before they're about to shock the venusian out of her godzilla gets dropped dick on first a, onto a onto <laughs> a, a Godzilla an gets, electrical tower. Godzilla gets dropped dick first onto an electrical tower. Eventually, King Ghidorah shoots electricity in his dick, and then it also shoots him in the ass. Yeah, it's a really rough film for Godzilla. <laughs> and and I love that the actor like has to like rub his head, ah, rub yeah. his belly, ah, and then spins around, ah, oh, my ass. It's <laughs> it's all the, a lot of the. It, um, it's it's very comedic, and I think I think deliberately so, oh, sure. especially the shots of. Uh, because it's a different Godzilla head and close up than mm-hmm. it is on the bodysuit. Yeah, and it looks a little different because it has like the swiveling eyes and the yeah, the eyes off. can actually move around now. Yeah. So there's actually like more puppeteering in it in those close ups, yeah. but the the sort of quick moving uh, Rodan head that's like pecking the Godzilla puppet, uh-huh. it just looks like two puppets like I know it's great. Into each other, it's great. I love it. Pecking Godzilla in the head constantly. It's really like, fucking funny. Godzilla is just like I don't know. Get off! Get off of me! Everyone's a jerk to me. Why does everyone hate Godzilla? Meh. Um, and, and they kind of smash into stuff, yeah. but it's mostly in the course of them fighting each other, just because they yeah. hate each other for yeah. no reason other than they're monsters. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, King Ghidorah emerges from that giant meteor. Yeah, and that, I'll that, say that, this: that meteor that was growing, yeah. it was it was a, a King Ghidorah egg. Yeah. It was a really cool animated it's effect. Glorious! Like King yeah. Ghidorah egg has a huge intro. There's sparks flying. There's actual two D animation mm. like forming in front of you, and then it fades into the full this golden three headed dragon oh, i love king gator king gator is my favorite man at least in terms of design i always thought the three-headed dragon thing was very very cool i've heard some um, uh, some people who are fans of godzilla movies uh say that this is where the, the series took a downturn mm. where king Ghidorah was like no the, the previous movies they were a little bit headier yeah clearly they don't watch the mysterians uh <laughs> well mysterians is only tangentially godzilla to be yeah fair. Um, uh, i know but uh, yeah. i think some people like uh, sort of the, the more serious godzilla and King Ghidorah's like clear push to the other side because it's a, a golden a golden dragon from space. Well, first off, first off, King Ghidorah is very clearly inspired by uh, uh, a Japanese like kind of fabled dragon Yamata mm. no uh, Yamata no Orochi, mm. uh, who had eight heads. But I think that was totally impractical to create yeah, in the nineteen sixties. Three alone is really difficult and apparently yeah, they would like get in each other's way and it was a real difficult thing yeah, to do. Because each each head had a separate cable and the yeah. heads had to sort of like wave around a lot and it they looks got, cool. got tangled up a lot. It looks cool. And there's yeah, a, there's yeah. an actor in the body but the heads were puppeteered and the wings yeah. were separately puppeteered. Yeah. No arms, just l- l- sort of squat little legs and big wings. Yeah, fucking cool man. And he shoots electricity everywhere. It's like let's say yeah, laser beams has this kind of like chirping roar as opposed to Godzilla's throatier one i was watching this with my partner and we were both talking about how one thing that we miss today is how electricity used to look in movies back when it was hand painted Mm. when they would actually just like paint it onto the film because energy beams and shit had more personality it wasn't like oh it's got to look realistic i don't care about realistic it's coming out of the mouth of a fucking dragon yeah i want it to look cool it used to be that action movies, especially fantasy movies, but even just general action movies, it didn't matter if it was realistic. What mattered is if it was cool. Yeah. Like in the 80s, when like, I think in the 90s as well, when anything that happened in an action movie that involved metal, bullets, or explosives didn't just like ping off of something. It was It created showers of sparks. Yeah, yeah. And it looked like every fucking thing was happening in a 4th of July celebration. It was fucking cool. Was it realistic? No, it was stupid. It was fucking cool. And King Ghidorah looks cool. The lightning looks cool. The monster looks cool. It's a really, really fun monster. I just love King Ghidorah. Um, So yeah, King Ghidorah is attacking and our heroes come up with the the only thing we can do. We can't, uh, you know, we always mention the possibility of using an atomic bomb. We generally don't. Instead, they say, well... Remember when uh, Mothra fought Godzilla? We could get Mothra to do it. And the, the Peanuts are like, Mothra couldn't defeat Godzilla. But Mothra mm-hmm. couldn't defeat Ghidorah by, by herself. There's no way. And then they say, but we do have another idea. And the idea is, 
we convince Godzilla and Rodan to team up with Mothra <laughs> to fight King Ghidorah. At which point, of course, someone says, what about King Kong? And everyone's like, shh, shh we don't have the rights anymore. <laughs> we don't have the rights anymore. <laughs> I know he kicked the shit out of, God, out of Godzilla and he'd probably be really, really good in this and be willing to do it. But no, 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 no. Hmm. We're done with, he's fine. He's retired out of it. He's he's like Brian and Fast and the Furious. Like he's just out. Yeah. Narratively, there's no like in real life. There's a very good reason why he's not in there. Obviously, it's very very sad. But in the narrative of the movies, they just keep having to mention, yeah, he's still at his house. He's okay. Yeah, just he's just, just not, out. Not in these ridiculous movies anymore. Yeah, it's a weird situation that they put themselves in. But I'm kind of uh, surprised Fast X didn't do as well as the other ones. I like that. Okay, ass. it just you it, know, it, it, it didn't like knock the world over. It's like yeah. just as ridiculous as any of the others. I, don't I had know fun. Why, why I they, had fun with why it. I didn't um, like that one. Yeah, I, I had a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm hope they make more and we'll be fine. But um, in any case, so that's the plan. And so Mothra comes to Japan, mm. and Mothra uh, goes up to Godzilla and Rodan, and they're fighting. Mm. And Mothra starts yelling at them in monster talk, <laughs> and our heroes are with the peanuts, and the, the, they're like. What's going on? Uh, the peanuts are like, Mothra's talking to Godzilla and Rodan. And they're like, well, we don't speak, monster. And the peanuts are like, well, like I like, you know, it's like, a squeak, squeak, rawr, rawr, caw, caw, rawr, yeah. rawr, like They have, a, they have then, an actual can, linguistic language. And then, uh, yeah. and, and then uh, they cut back to the, the peanuts and, and they say, oh, Godzilla's not convinced. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, but what, they, what happens is, they, they keep talking like, Mothra is asking Godzilla and Rodan to help. Godzilla and Rodan... They're not really going for it. And they say, and this is something I thought was very telling. They say, why should we help the humans? Hmm. They don't, they they're, always, bully, they're always bullying us. They, always, they just bully us, yeah. And I love that. I think hmm. that's a very important line. Hmm. That line right there recontextualizes Godzilla so that Godzilla can be the hero now. Uh-huh. Because I've been saying this for a while. We, we keep, Godzilla breaks stuff, fine. But what does Godzilla want? Hmm. What is Godzilla actually trying to do? He's not actually like living in the city, like eating humans hmm. or whatever. He just sort of trudges around, minding his own fucking business. It's just all this shit is in the way because you know humanity we spread everywhere. Turns out he didn't give a shit. Hmm. He wanted to be left alone. He's a giant creature, and everywhere he goes, there are humans. He doesn't have a lot of options. It sucks to be Godzilla, <laughs> and he doesn't. And and you know what? It, it won't Great. be. It won't be for a little while that the monsters will get sort of their own island, monster island, where they yeah, can yeah. kind of be on their own. I want to talk about that at the end of the episode, but yeah, yeah, that because that's something that kind of goes unresolved. For me, if I was the reporter or the cop or the scientist or whatever, and I'm hearing the peanuts do all of this, and at first I'm like, "Wow, this is so weird," and then I'd be like, "Wait a minute, we could have tried diplomacy this whole time." <laughs> <laughs> we could have negotiated with this the whole time. The, the Godzilla and Rodan and all these other monsters mm. had enough of an intelligence that they could be reasoned with, and we never <laughs> tried it. We never even God. attempted that. Godzilla, what do you want? Uh, just a little apartment I can call my own in a case of natty light. No, he wouldn't. Do that. <laughs> Godzilla, excuse me. Godzilla would not drink Natty Light. No, 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 no. He's a past blue he's ribbon a, man. I, I was going to say he's a Corona guy, but okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but try finding a line big enough. Oh, you know what? He's Japanese. It'd be Kieran. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I actually don't know a lot about, like, various Japanese beers. Yeah. Kieran's the only beer I know from all uh, the time. Asahi, you know. There's, oh, there's, yeah, Asahi is a Japanese I, beer. Asahi yeah. was my gateway beer. Oh, was it? I, I okay. didn't like beer, and then I had an Asahi. I'm like, oh, that's good. Have, have you had a Asahi since? Like, no, it's fine, but you, your gateway is usually not the best thing ever. It's just the thing no, that, like, no, no. I, I understand I'm the appeal I'm just wondering now. if, now that you're a little older, you've probably had other beers, and well, does Asahi hold up? I'm really not much of a drinker, uh, mm-hmm. and I never really have been. I occasionally enjoy a refreshing brew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, no, I've just, I haven't, I've maybe had, like, one beer in the last year. So okay, I really don't have like po- much point. Of a point taste is like, yeah. but you've had some beer. I had some. That's all. He's fine. You know, it's it's okay. not it's not a gourmet beer. But I don't know. Maybe maybe someone's disagreeing. I don't know. But I, I liked it a lot when I was okay. you know in college. Um, 
but in any case, uh, yeah, so we have this big, long, kind of a long conversation between hmm. Mothra and Rodan and Godzilla, and they're both, what I think I love, there's a quote, Godzilla and Rodan each demand that the other apologize. Yes, they're kind of petty. It's they're like, petty well, kids. I'll, I'll fight, but yeah. you, you, you gotta say you're sorry. Yeah. No, well, fuck he, you, you gotta say you're sorry. Yeah, he started it. Like, I don't care who started it, I'm ending it. And they're like, what, Mothra, you're like two years old. Why are you the f- and I love that Mothra gets their attention by like spraying them with that silly string. It's like, yeah, ah, pff, ah. it's like flicking yeah. the lights on and off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what what did you have at your elementary school where everybody uh, mm. th- that the teacher said to get everybody quiet? They flicked the lights on and off. Uh, they did. Okay. Yeah, that's what they did. We, and, and everyone's our, being unruly. You can't yeah. get their attention. You flick the lights on and off, and everyone's mm. like, "Oh, that's mildly annoying." Mm. And then that sort of distracted us enough that they would get our attention. Oh, they just distracted you. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure teachers had a few other gimmicks, but that was the, the one. At, at my, had at my in son's that school, pocket. they say, "If you hear me clap once, if you hear me clap twice, and by the time mm-hmm. they've clapped twice, they're all quiet." Nice. Um, at, my, at, at elementary school, we just said, "Signals on," and everybody yeah. had to raise their hand and be quiet. Nice. Like, my mom was an elementary school teacher for many years, and she had. I'm trying to remember what they all were, but she only had like five rules of etiquette for the classroom, and they were on the wall. Mm. The unwritten rule was rule number six. Rule number six is what you yell when the kids are being unruly. Okay. Like, really just gotten all out of hand. You've all had too much sugar, something like that. So, you know, if, if my mom ever had to yell, number six, all the kids were like, oh, shit, okay, we, we pushed it a little too far. Pushed it a little too far. Everyone sit down. How can we help you? <laughs> Everyone chilled the fuck out. It was great. Um, eventually, Godzilla and Rodan are convinced n- not to help. They, they don't do it. And Mothra ends up Leading by example, well, and marching up to King Ghidorah, because because fighting King Mothra Ghidorah is n- noble, brave, and willing to fight the fight the good fight. Well, I think Mothra realized that Godzilla and Rodan are petty kids who have like huge egos, mm. and if Mothra is gonna like fight Godzilla, if my fight King Ghidorah, and they won't, now they look bad. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Mothra's gonna fight King Ghidorah all by themselves. So they do come <sighs> charging to yeah. Mothra's rescue. And there's a huge fight, I wanna talk about the fight, but the last kind of thing with like the the humans before like the epilogue is in the middle of all of this, the assassins are still trying to kill the princess. And they're like, there's a big shootout in a canyon. It's ridiculous. And she falls off. Uh, she falls off a cliff. And she, 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 falls gets like, shot, she gets shot in the head, by the way, and she falls gets, off a cliff. Yeah, and grazed, when, not killed. And then, and then when she's fallen, she's like on her back on a rock, like hanging off of it. And the cops just like, well, she fell on her back. Time to squeeze her around a bit, and he just starts pulling her. <laughs> you know, like you, you're taught to do in, lot, yeah. in, in first aid. You know, just like oh, did they fall on their back? Well, jiggle them around. You know, just get that spine back in place. It'll it'll find its way. Um, the, the, well, broken spines just sort of like snap back together. It kind yeah. of lock together. It's great, it's like Legos. Yeah, um, th- she's fine. They stopped the assassins. It's a wonderful. The assassins are then are like buried in a rock slide because of the monster fight. The monster fight is awesome. The monster fight is so the, much the, fun. The, the four monster monster fight. Yeah, yeah, everyone's fighting each other. There's a cool bit where, like, you know, Mothra's, like, kind of on the ropes and Rodan, like, lands and he's just like, come with me, friend. And, like, Mothra gets on Rodan's <laughs> on back, back. Yeah, and flies just, around. And they're yeah. flying around, shooting from the sky. And it's like, awesome. All of this is awesome. Godzilla gets shot in the dick and the ass. And it's mm. bad for Godzilla. But Godzilla has the power of, like, uh, uh, hands. So he keeps like <laughs> he keeps throwing throwing rocks. rocks at... <laughs> that's what he's well, got. That, You've got atomic a... breath. Why are you just doing the rocks? In fact, the rocks was a big part of the uh, Godzilla Rodan fight. Godzilla yeah. would throw a rock at Rodan. Rodan would smack it back with his beak. It, would, it was like pong. They just yeah. kept going back. It like went on like a cartoonishly long time. Wait until we get to a Ibira Horror of the Deep, where oh, he fights God. the giant lobster. Oh man, there's a lot of ping pong in that that movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's fucking awesome. Mm. They end up um, uh, wrapping King Ghidorah in Mothra oh, stuff. Yeah, uh, no, Moth- that's, that string is pretty good for, yeah, yeah. for wrapping up a monster. Yeah, we're, we're for Godzilla, uh, why wouldn't why not King Ghidorah? And and the- we, we forgot to explain that uh, King Ghidorah is sort of this like ancient Lovecraftian kind of creature. Yeah. 
that uh, like has... two thousand years old, it destroyed Venus. Yeah, f- yeah, yeah, thousands of years ago, it, there was a civilization on Venus, but King Ghidorah came out of space, yeah. and just wiped them out. So and yeah, a, a few Venusians escaped to Earth, yeah, and is this co- this yeah. cosmic horror that demands death? Mm-hmm. The... They say like it will turn Earth into a tomb, mm. which very threatening. Uh, which is great, honestly. We need if we're if Godzilla is not going to be the villain anymore, we need a new villain to replace Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's kind of stops feeling it's, impressive. Uh, you know, you want it to feel impressive. I, I mentioned and and uh, that these movies need to start being read, perhaps as we're getting into the 1960s, as rather than. Uh, analyses of like a, a national tragedy sort of reflections yeah. of the japanese national character yeah and if godzilla is now sort of turning into the hero mm-hmm. who can the bad guy be it can't be another monster from japan yeah we can't have japan fighting japan because mm-hmm. now godzilla is sort of this ambassadorial figure yeah uh, and, and they didn't even choose to have it be from like america or the mm. fake america because these are now becoming international hits mm. so it comes from space it's, yeah it cool. is it is truly a foreign power trying to yeah. assert its dominance, assert its destruction mm-hmm. over Japan. Gee, what country did that? <laughs> uh, so uh, here's my thing. Th- with... This this is sort of like the same yeah. way a lot of modern superhero movies are sort of a a, a fantasy about stopping nine eleven uh-huh. because there's these urban. Uh, power figures yeah. that can now fend off invading forces that wanted to destroy our cities. Yeah, and with with giant sky beams a lot of the time, big yeah. giant towers of destructive mm. energy. Yeah. Uh, so now we have this uh, Japanese ambassador mm. fending off the destructive power from elsewhere. Yeah. Here's the just, thing just, with that. Just saying, there's there's, no, no, there's it, a bit of a metaphor. A little bit, there, yeah. a little bit. But I will say this: whereas I maintain that there is actual meaningful subtext in some of the films that we've had before intentionally so especially gojira and i would say mothra uh and a little bit mothra versus godzilla um they don't all have an equal amount i feel of uh thematic ambition there's very little thematic ambition. This is a bunch no, of stuff that th- th- happens. This, this, it, the, <laughs> this is a bunch of plot, and it's fucking great. Because it all moves very, very quickly. Yeah, I, it's super fun and ridiculous. Every single thing that happens is kind of nonsense. So none of it is boring the mm. way some of the other ones were whenever the humans were just around. Sometimes it worked better than others, but mm. oftentimes so, it was just meeting after meeting. Yeah. Here, well, here's... <laughs> we're going to perform electroshock therapy on this woman who's been possessed by a Venusian. Neat. <laughs> cool. Why not? Uh, there's something a little bit upsetting in uh, contemplating where the series would go after, because uh, the next mm. film with King Ghidorah was mm. called Invasion of Astro Monster, and yeah. it was Godzilla and Rodan again fighting mm. King Ghidorah again, but this time Sans Mothra. Uh, and they do well, just as well. Well, here's the deal. Mothra got them where they needed to be. Mothra can't be there to solve your problems all the time. <laughs> fair, fair. Ma- Mothra, Mothra is the mother of all monsters. There you so. go. Um, the movie ends not look, with King... Look, Ghid- look you're 6,000 and 7,000 years old now. I can't be fighting all your battles for you. Basically, yeah. yeah. The movie ends with King Ghidorah defeated, but not killed. No, d- They learned their lesson. We need these things to yeah, come G- back. Ghidorah flies away. That's, yeah. They scare, they f- scare Ghidorah scare off. Scare Ghidorah off. Ghidorah fucks off into outer space. And, you know, everyone's really, really happy. Uh, The princess gets her memory back. There's a total Roman holiday moment where she's, like, with the cop. And it was like, hey, thanks for saving me and doing all that cool stuff. But we can never be. And the cop's like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I never really knew you. I knew you was, like, possessed by a Venusian. But thanks, I guess. This is weird. And um, it ends with, you know, Mothra going back to Infant Island. And kind of like Godzilla and Rodan, kind of kind of waving her off, but it, it occurs to me, King Ghidorah fled to outer space, Mothra went back to Infant Island, hmm. and now that Rodan and Godzilla are seen as They're buddies, but the buddies, but also by Japan to be not something that needs to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. The fuck are they supposed to do? Yeah. What are they going to do? Get an apartment? 
Well, that, that that'll be addressed, but yeah, yeah like they'll, eventually they'll get, we'll get an island. Eventually, well, get first an island, of all, fine, but like Godzilla just sleeps in the ocean for most of the time. Yeah, just go back into the ocean, fall asleep. I guess, but go, Rodan go is, a, Rodan is a threat though because every time Rodan flies anywhere, it creates sonic booms that destroy buildings. Oh, fly up higher, then go up into the mountains, maybe. Okay, well, we'll need to have a conversation with Rodan. Hmm. So maybe could Mothra stick around a little bit so we can get these peace talks going? I feel like Mothra, like we we, we kind of need you to. Well, I guess the Peanuts could do it, really, because yeah. they speak monsters. So just someone needs to just be able to sit down, have a conversation. And then we need to send a linguist to Infant Island to, to learn monster lingo. Yeah. That would be my number one priority if I worked in government once I found out that that was a thing. I'm like, mm. we have to talk to these things. Uh, we have to be able to communicate with them. Here, here's the thing. It's presented as sort of like linguistic communication. We get their yeah. sort of roars and grunts. Um, but I, I said the peanuts clearly communicate with Mothra psychically. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, there's a, like a little bit of a psychic connection going on. Maybe, Somebody's reading he... some kind of mind. So a, a, an ordinary human couldn't speak Godzilla unless they were psychic. We don't know that, do we? No, I suppose not. That's my head cannon. I would research it. Mm. I would want to find out. Maybe there's a machine we could do to send out psychic waves. Mm. Maybe it's not psychic. Maybe it's just... Music. It's a tonality yeah. thing. You vibrate yeah, at a certain right. frequency, it doesn't matter how far away you are, Mothra mm. can hear it. Maybe Godzilla can hear it, you know? Mm. Let's see, if I have a translation of a Godzilla. It sounds like he's just singing. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got you to the eyes and you're crazy. <laughs> just sort of singing some, some old night. Singing Love Fool by the Cardigans, you know, nice. whatever you got. One last little bit of trivia about uh, uh, Godzilla, uh, sorry, King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Mm. Um, when this was released in America, it was edited, but it was it was mm. like shrunk down a little bit in, in did, length. Did, but didn't they call it Godzilla versus Ghidorah? I think in they the called United it something, States, but yeah. like it's uh, it was a little shorter, but it's basically the same movie. It was like many of these Godzilla movies released as part of a double feature. It was released as it's a weird fucking double feature because you can see Ghidorah the three-headed monster and Elvis Presley in Harem Scarum <laughs> love it I spent a big portion of last year when the movie Elvis was about to come out uh, watching like all 34 I think Elvis movies mm. 33 34 if you include the documentaries the movies that he actually was in Elvis spent an enormous part of his career from the late fifties to like the pretty much the, the entire sixties, making movie after movie after movie, usually two or three a year, just to sell soundtracks. The vast majority of the songs in those movies are not good, like those are bad <laughs> Elvis songs for the most part. I've, I've heard "Do the Clam" way too many times, and that's not even from the movie Clam Bake. That's a separate clam bake related movie. How have, did you get uh, two of those? I, I think I've, I think it was the five, six, seven, eights, um, mm. a, a Japanese band. Yeah, they were doing, doing a co- doing a cover of "Do the Clam." Oh, do their music collection. Fun. Well, maybe that um, one's good. And I know from the movie Ed Wood mm-hmm. uh, that "Do the Clam" was penned by Dolores Fuller. Yep. Who dated Ed Wood briefly and was mm-hmm. in his movies. Yeah, she wrote a couple of Elvis songs, like the mm-hmm. lesser known ones, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, Harem Scarum is one of Elvis's worst movies. And let me explain what that fucking means. <laughs> because the, even the best of Elvis's movies. Yeah. No, there's a, he, Elvis was in over 30 movies. There are about 10 that I would say are good to watchable. Okay. Like, you can have a reasonably good time watching these. There's like three, I would say, are genuinely good. Maybe four. And only one that I would say isn't just good for an Elvis movie. Like, and that's the one that Michael Curtiz directed that was originally supposed to star James Dean. Mm. Uh, it's really good, actually. But um, I think it's King Creole. But, um, no, is it King Creole? Wait. I, I haven't seen any of these movies, so I couldn't Hold say. On. Hold yeah. on. Now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm doubting myself. Oh, God. Do I remember? King Creole. King Creole, ba 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 ba. Yeah, King Creole, with where he stars opposite uh, Carolyn Jones from The Addams Family and Walter Matthau. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, it's good movie. It's, he's not the best actor in it, but he's holding his own. It's really, really good. Um, most of his movies are really, really hard to watch. They're boring. They're derivative. 
they feature weird, creepy storylines. He was in a movie called Kissin' Cousins, which is about exactly what it sounds like. There are two songs on that soundtrack about why it's ethically okay to kiss your cousins. Hmm. Two separate songs. Um, you know, incest is defined by uh, the letter of the law, and if it's legal to marry that person, it's technically not incest. And I think there are still states in the United States yeah. where it's legal to marry your first cousin. Yeah, I know. Um, it's still fucking creepy in the film. Yeah. Okay? I think it's just creepy that you, what you just said, actually, but we're just going to uh-huh. move on. Okay. That, that's society's rule. That's it's not society's... ours. Just so we're clear. Um, uh, I'm just saying what... Yeah. Uh, I'm not it's... advocating anything. No, I'm just like, pointing out there, what a there, creepy-ass there, country we There's an in. audience <laughs> for that, apparently. And that's yeah. that one stars, like it stars really, Yvonne Craig from Batman. It's really common in some parts of this country. It's really weird. Okay, just want to make sure we're all on the same page about where I actually stood on that. Um, Harem Scarum is the one where Elvis Presley plays a famous actor who is mistaken for the characters he plays by the royal family of a, 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 um, a fictional Middle Eastern country mm. which kidnaps him and wants him to perform a political assassination. Does he do it? Does he develop a taste for it? Uh, Does he keep on being an assassin? That would have been fun. No, instead, uh, he's... He's kidnapped, he wears some very offensive clothing, he teams up with a bunch of uh, people who, like, dream one day of being in a glorious, fabulous, you know, respectable harem, and, um, like, it's really weird and gross. Um, however, I will say this, I will say this about Harem Scarum. Harem Scarum has a ratio of worst movie to genuinely good song mm-hmm. that is the most extreme of any Elvis movie. Because the movie is borderline unwatchable. Like, it's really, 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 (laughs) really bad. However, I will maintain that the song, which is not a popular Elvis song, So Close Yet So Far, and then in parentheses from Paradise, is a fucking banger. That's a great fucking Elvis song. Alright. And I would just say this, you don't need to see Harem Scarum. If you wanted to, if you wanted to really do your research on King Ghidorah, you watch it as a double feature with Harem Scarum. You do not have to, but I recommend listening to So Close Yet So Far from Paradise because it's a fun song. Um, it's like it's really intense. Like he's really he's really invested in it in a way he wasn't invested in a lot of those songs. Anyway, I watch those things and I'm gonna take every opportunity to make the most of me actually having this information in my head. So I apologize for the for derailing this, but by God, I saw Harem Scarum. People have to know. That is it for Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Uh, I think we both really enjoyed this one. Uh, we have we have a bit of a snafu. There yeah, we, is we messed up. We messed up a little bit. There is a movie. Uh, we're not just covering every Godzilla movie. We're covering every movie featuring uh, a kaiju that would eventually interact with Godzilla, and we definitely missed one. It's a character who doesn't interact with Godzilla until decades later, and only really briefly. And it came out between Mothra vs. Godzilla and Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. It came out in August uh, of that year. Ghidorah came out in, the, in I think, December. Uh, it is a film called Dogura, uh, also directed by Ishiro Honda, because, of course. Uh, and it is the a, best bulk of these. Yeah. And it is about a jellyfish from outer space attacking Japan. Dogura the jellyfish. Yeah. Nice. So, next time... On Thank Godzilla, it's Friday. We will not be doing the next in chronological order. We'll be backtracking just one film, and we'll be covering Dogura. And if you are listening to this podcast uh, on the main podcast feed, the critically acclaimed feed, the one with all the ads, uh, you can listen to that episode about Dogura right now on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. Any tier, you get every single episode of Thank Godzilla, it's Friday, one week early. And if you're listening to this on the Patreon page, well, yeah, okay. Right now you're listening to right now you're listening to this episode. Dogra will come out in a week. <laughs> uh, next time for you, though, after Dogra, uh, we will resume our regular schedule uh, with Frankenstein Conquers the World. Heck yes. Uh, which involves Frankenstein actually just flat out conquering the world. They give away the ending, you, didn't they? You know, conquer, you know what? <laughs> Frankenstein's policies were very popular at the time. 
he really, really got out the vote. Uh, but yeah, Dogger is coming up next, uh, and you can listen to that a week in advance, and uh, for no ads, hmm. no ads on any of our uh, regular shows uh, over on the Patreon page. Huge shout out to all of our patrons. Without you, we couldn't be doing any of this. Thank you to everybody who helps out. If you join our Patreon, we have a lot of exclusive shows for you. Shows dedicated to the history of the Academy Awards. We're reviewing every single film ever nominated for Best Picture and Best International Feature. Uh, we do a podcast where we review every single episode of Star Trek in order. Uh, we do some Google Hangouts. We have a trivia night coming out uh, real soon. Um, it's a lot of fun, and it means the world to us that so many people are willing to help keep this show going and all of our other shows. So thank you, and if you can't afford to join, that's totally cool, but if you could leave us a review, if you could subscribe if you haven't already, uh, that would really, really help us out a lot. Mm. So thank you for that. Uh, if you want to talk about anything we discussed on this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Whitney, what is our P.O. box? Yeah, send us an actual physical letter to... Uh... Critically acclaimed network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yeah, and uh, we're on Twitter at Critic Acclaim and all the other social medias at William Bibiani and at Whitney Seibold. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, just th thanks, everybody. You're really, really neat. You're really neat. Thank you. Yeah, that's. that. RAR. To Dagara! <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.